I think the whole Jesus thing is a myth. 100%. This whole Jesus thing, total myth. Now, someone might ask, Caleb, what's a myth? I'm glad you asked. Myth is a story that we tell ourselves to make sense of our lives. Myths oftentimes have to do with origin and destination. Myth is what we live. It's the story that we're living. And it helps us to answer the questions that we're all asking. Where are we from? Why are we here? Why does everything seem so broken? How do we fix it? And ultimately, where are we going? And a myth answers those questions. A myth is a story that seeks to answer those questions. Where are we from? Why are we here? Why does everything seem so broken? How do we fix it? And where are we going? And we're all telling ourselves a myth. We're all telling ourselves a story. To make sense of the universe, we're living a story. Some of us are uh, telling ourselves or believing in the myth of warring gods, that the gods were at war, and because of their violence, outspills the universe. This is one of the oldest myths. Some of us believe in the myth of the, the errant molecule, that the cosmos have eternally existed and in harmony, but then one day a molecule decided to go a different way, smash into another molecule, and here we are. And so you and I are nothing more than the product of random chance. Some of us are believing in that myth, and it shapes our lives. Others believe in the myth that we are all God. We're all divinity. We're all our own gods. And this Jesus person comes on the scene, shares with us another myth. This whole Jesus thing is a myth. It's a story that we tell ourselves to make sense of the universe. And we need story. We are created to engage in the world in the context of story. We need it to understand our lives. We need it to understand the nature of the cosmos. Ultimately, we need it to understand God. See, when we talk of God, many times we talk about theology or theologians. Theologians are professional people who basically just talk about God all day. And theologians try to help us understand the nature of the cosmos, who God is and who we are, etc. But theology can, can be sometimes incomplete because when we take the nature of the story of the universe and put it into bullet points, it can seem a little bit... Well, it just isn't satisfying. In fact, Madeline Langle, who wrote uh, the book Wrinkle in Time, which has recently become a subpar movie, <laughs> she says this in an interview she gave years ago. She says, theology does not say enough about God. It tries. The theologians, they try. I don't much like theologians. They are useful for one thing, insomnia. She goes on to say, I was asking big questions and finding no answers. The theologians, she says, are still dealing with things in terms of fact, which should only be dealt with in terms of fantasy. 
Langle, as a follower of Jesus and as a creative, as an artist, is telling us something that it is one thing to make bullet points about God. It's one thing to make bullet points about faith. It's one thing to make bullet points about theology. It's an entirely different thing to enter into the story, to live the myth. And as an artist, she helps us because artists, whether it be stained glass or roaring music or scrolling landscape or soaring tones or vivid colors, artists are trying to help us by fusing together beauty and truth. They're trying to help us engage in the story. And Langle, as an artist, does this. Because she knows what many of us know, that all of our faith, regardless of what faith you have. All faith terminates in mystery. What I mean to say is we can only put so much down into bullet points. At some point in time, all we can do is sing. When we think about God, when we engage in the story, when we hear of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, when we live it out, there is only so much we can put pen to paper. At some point in time, we have to turn to the arts to help us as our hearts strive to grasp the beauty and the truth of reality and the myth that God is telling us. You see, this is all a myth. God is telling us a story. In fact, have you ever heard the word gospel? Okay, this is going to be a long sermon if y'all ain't talking back to me. Y'all ever heard the word gospel before? Okay. Gospel means good news, and all news is a story. The gospel is a story. And it's a story that God has spoken to us. It is a story that God is showing us. You see, there's multiple ways to know something, right? There's what we call head knowledge, and then there's what we call street knowledge, right? You got to know it experientially. In fact, if, uh, if you were to uh, go to a seminar or a class on how to operate farming equipment, you could sit in the class, you could sit in the seminar, and of course the lecturers up there with their whiteboard or their giant screen, and they're giving you bullet points, they're giving you explanation as to how you were to operate that farm equipment. But at the end of the lecture, at the end of the class, are you completely and fully equipped to operate that machinery? You tell me. No. What do you need? You're going to say to that professor, that lecturer, I need you not only to tell me, I need you to what? I need you to get out of the classroom and into the dirt. We got to get down to earth. We got to get our hands dirty. I need to watch what you, I need you to show me what you're saying. I hear you, but I need to see it. It's the story. This whole Jesus thing is the story that God is showing us. You see, God could have easily, in his infinite power, said to all people at all places at all times, attention, attention everyone, God here, just wanted you to know, love you. (laughs) Write it down, peace out. Could have done that. And we could have said, okay, God loves us. But that is not how God has chosen to communicate to us. No, he has chosen myth. He has chosen story. You see, God shows his love. See, Good Friday and Easter is God communicating something to us. In the book of Romans, it's in the Bible, in uh, chapter 5, verse 8, it says that God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Crucifixion is God showing us 
his love. God stepped out of the classroom and into the dirt. You see, this is a story that God is telling us, and God uses dirt and manger and trees and tombs and graves to speak to us. See, the story that God is speaking is here. It's this earth, the same sun that will shine on us today, shown on Jesus' face. It is God speaking a story of love. See, we're all living a myth. We're all living a story. And Christianity, C.S. Lewis, who is a British theologian, says this. Just as myth transcends thought, so the incarnation transcends myth. Incarnation, that's a theologian's word, as it turns out. And you already know what it means. Have you ever had carne asada? You got to talk to me. Y'all ever had carne asada? It is delicious. What is carne asada? It's meat, right? Carne asada is what? Flesh. The incarnation is the myth become reality. Lewis goes on to say, The heart of Christianity is a myth which is also a fact. The old myth of the dying God, without ceasing to be myth, comes down from the heaven of legend and imagination to the earth of history. It happens at a particular date, in a particular place, followed by definable historical consequences. And we pass from a Balder, who is a a Norse myth, or an Osiris, which is an Egyptian myth, we pass from a Balder or an Osiris, dying nobody knows when or where, to a historical person crucified under Pontius Pilate. By becoming fact, it does not cease to be myth, and that is the miracle. See, what Lewis is telling us is this is we don't go to theology, we don't go to the scriptures for bullet points about God. We go to the scriptures to understand the story that God is telling us. And the pinnacle of the story is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. A myth, yes, a myth become reality. That's why we sing. What myth are you believing today? For God so loved the world that he gave us bullet points. No, that's not it. What was the thing it said? It's like at the football games, they hold up the John 3.16. It was the thing, I gotta remember it. So for God so loved the world that he, oh, gave. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. God is speaking to us a story of his love. Are you living in that story? Or are you believing a myth that has not become reality? You see, this myth of Christianity, this myth become fact, it, it, it helps us answer the question, where are we from? Right? Where are we from? What is our origin? The book of Genesis says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it also says that he created people in the image and likeness of God. You and I are not mistakes. We are not the product of random chance. We are created in love, in the image and likeness of God. This is why Jesus says to love your neighbor and also to love your, and this is super frustrating, love your enemy, because your enemy is created in the image and likeness of God as well. 
It also tells us why we're here. In Genesis, you see that we are here to enjoy God's good creation, to explore and seek out what God is speaking to us through his creation, to create just like our God is a creative God, and also to commune with one another and ultimately to commune with God. You see it in the Garden of Eden. And so why doesn't the world feel that awesome? Why is it that when we explore, we're limited? Why is it that when we commune, our relationships break? Why is it that when we seek to enjoy something, it begins to conquer over us through addictive behaviors, or it begins to uh, stop satisfying us? Why is it that when we seek to commune with our God, he seems so distant? What is wrong? You see, this myth of Christianity tells us not only where we're from and why we're here, but also what's wrong, and here's what's wrong. We made ourselves the center of the story. We're all tempted to believe in the myth that I'm the most important thing in the universe and everything out there exists to please and to satisfy me. We become the center of our own stories. And what that does is it bends the heart inwards to where we become totally gorged on our own self. One of the uh, great German theologians, Martin Luther, said that in order to break any of the commandments, you always have to break the first one first. You shall have no other gods before me. Anytime that we sin, it starts first with a heart of rebellion that says, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the center of the universe. There's always a sin underneath the sin, and it's the sin of idolatry. I'm the center of the universe. And what that does is it begins to bend the heart inward and it begins to destroy others and ourselves. We made ourselves the center of the story, so how do we fix it? Well, God could fix it a variety of different ways. He could turn on Metallica and kill them all. (laughs) It's completely within his rights to do and power to do. Or he could just ignore it, turn his back and run away. But God has told us through his myth and story that that is not what he has chosen to do. He got out of the classroom and into the dirt. And the incarnation is God speaking to us. I've not given up on you. And you're broken. And you can't fix yourself. So I will die in your place. You see, God tells us his story with dirt and tree and tomb and grave. This is the myth, but it also tells us where we're going. The resurrection. See, see, Good Friday is called Good Friday because it's viewed with Easter in mind. You with me on that? We call it Good Friday because we know what happens on Easter. And if Easter is just tradition, if all of this is just a myth that never became reality, they were the stupidest people on the face of the earth because we're believing a lie and we're placing our hope in nothing. But if Christ rose from the grave, conquering over Satan, sin, and death, there is hope, there is life, there is joy, and there is peace. God is speaking to us. Are you listening? What story are you living? If you live, I plead with you, to live this story, to believe. Jesus says, turn from your sin, believe in the good news, believe in this story, that you are not the center of the universe, but rather Christ is king and Christ is all, and he rose from the grave and he proved it to us. That's why we celebrate on Easter. 
I know that there are many of us with a ton of questions. When we talk about faith, when we talk about religion, there are a ton of questions. I got a ton of questions. Next week, we're going to start a sermon series called Explore God. And corollary to that, we've got a group that's going to be meeting up at the Haymaker on select uh, nights to have open discussion about our questions. I've got a ton of them. Maybe you can help me out. Right? For reals. So I need you guys to read a book. Check out that website for more information. We're going to kick that off next week. We believe in this story. What story do you believe? You're living a story. You're living a myth. Is it one that leads to life or darkness? God has spoken to us using dirt and tree and tomb and grave. He's the myth become reality. There's a story of a great theologian. He's an American, was an American theologian, Howard Thurman. He was very active in the civil rights movement. He traveled, he with his wife traveled to India and paid a visit to Gandhi. And in Thurman's memoir, With Head and Heart, he says this, and I'm going to paraphrase. Before we left, this is Howard Thurman now and his wife, before we left, Gandhi said, will you do me a favor? Will you sing one of your songs for me? Strange request. Thurman said, okay, what, what song? Gandhi's response. Will you sing that song, Were You There When They Crucified My Lord? That song is an old song. We don't know who wrote it. We think it was written in the late 1800s by American slaves. It was also covered by the second greatest theologian America's produced, Johnny Cash. <laughs> but here in this moment, Howard Thurman and his wife Sue sang, were you there when they crucified my Lord? And this was Gandhi's response. I feel that this song gets to the root of the experience of the entire human race. And I think he's right. For God has spoken to all of us using tree and tomb and grave. Do you believe?